What's up, everybody? We're back with another podcast. This episode is brought to you by All I Need. We just did a small run of the trademark tee and camo, which I've wanted to do an All I Need camo shirt for a long time, and this one came out fire, so I'm, I'm excited to share it with you. We also did a small batch of A-Logo trucker hats. They are soft-fitting, and they're just proper. So you can check this all out at allineedskate.com. If you click on the store link, it'll take you to our online store, and you can see pictures of all the apparel right there. Um, thank you to everyone that has supported All I Need and this podcast. You guys are awesome. I also want to give you guys a quick reminder for November 5th and 6th. Mark your calendar. That's going to be the third annual New England Am at the Edge Indoor Skate Park. Uh, it's going to be live. So if there's shops out there, we got a division for you guys. And all you younger shredders, we got divisions for you as well. And the last few years have been fire. Uh, judges were Donnie Barley, Dave Pachinski, Brandon Westgate, Nick Don Pierre. Uh, hundreds of kids showed up, tore the skate park apart, and we make an edit and all that. So it's a great time. So mark your calendars. Uh, today's guest is the one and only Kevin Marks. If you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know I had him on before. But uh, he's back to explain what he's been up to with the Look Back Library. Very cool adventures, man. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. We're rolling, Kevin. That's it. We're going. It's going to be a little loud. Let me just, before we get into this, we're at we're live at the Edge Indoor Skate Park. And there's some little groms out there shredding. You, those kids are awesome. Full skate ride kids. My guest today, which I'll introduce again in the, in the intro, is Kevin Marks. And you've been on the road, right? Three or two months now. You've been two months in the blue van outside. Yep. Do you have a nickname for the van? Uh, the Bluebird. You call it the Bluebird? What kind of van is it? To Dodge Sprinter. It's pretty badass. There's no windows. It's a little like you get a little, but it's painted a nice blue color. <laughs> yes, it's very uh, warm and inviting. Yeah, it's sick, dude. So that's been your spot. You just been traveling around in this van, going for it. Yeah, well, I've been traveling around in the van for six years now. Really? Mm-hmm. Where'd you get the van? Uh, Huntington Beach. Specifically for you knew you were gonna do this. Mm-hmm. That's well, it. yeah, not this tour, but this this lifestyle I've chosen, the van life. That's so sick. Yeah. Is that how's the inside of that thing look? It's rudimentary, but it's comfortable and it can accommodate a lot of magazines. And there's a place to sleep, a place for my bicycle, a place for my skateboard, a place for some food and water. And I saw your bike was strapped on the front because I I had to take it out because of the the display for the exhibit. It fits under my mattress, and so I have to take the bike out to uh, get the exhibit all out. Sick. So, all right. So for the people listening that might not know what you're going on, how, explain how this came to be, and let's get to where you're at now. Right. So um, when you had me on the podcast last time, I hadn't even started what I'm doing now, which is uh, an archiving system for skateboard magazines called the Look Back Library, and we take magazine donations and consolidate those into sets and then place them around the country at either skate park, skate shop, or skateboard-related nonprofits that are interested in sharing with their customer base the skateboarding history. And 
so I'm currently on a tour that I named the Brother Border Power Slap Tour. It's a yes. combina- It's a mix-up of some of the older magazines that are no longer in business. Oh, that makes sense. I was looking at the name. I was like, oh, I wonder what this came to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> to mash together. Right. Perfect. Skateboarder Magazine, a Big Brother Magazine, Power Edge Magazine, and then Slap Magazine. So sick. Some of my favorites. So, um, so I knew that this year I was going to go out. The, the, look, look Back at Library has only been really a, an entity since October of 2015. And I think I was telling you last time how I work with a nonprofit in Colorado called Launch Community Through Skateboarding. And they have a huge library at their location in, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, it's beautiful there. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so my pet project a year ago was to bolster up their library. And that led to a lot of different partnerships with Cowtown Skateboards and Skate Lab, and um, a both of those parks, both of those places are epic. Cowtown with their Phoenix Am, correct? Yep. And then Skate Lab, they do a Periscope that's pretty epic as well. And I know the park's just amazing. And you walk and, in, and, and they have the, a museum. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. It's beautiful. And they also house the Skateboarding Hall of Fame there. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, I tripped out when I walk through and seen everything. Yeah. So both of those owners are are huge collectors um and so what i did with those folks was to come in organize their collections pull out doubles and then kind of do trades with everybody's doubles to see to be able to fill in holes oh that's at right each library that i've kind of partnered with and then so in october i realized man i really like what i'm doing i wonder how i could you know form this into a nonprofit organization and continue to build these libraries yeah. and so that's what I'm doing now I knew that I at some point in early 2016 I wanted to go out to the east coast because the furthest uh, east I had a library as of the end of 2015 was in Lincoln Nebraska Nebraska so, so like half precision yeah. skate shop there in Lincoln so I wanted yeah it's only about halfway through the country and so I wanted to get some out on the east coast and so far on this trip we started march 18th in san diego went through the south through arizona texas i built a library at Southside skate park in houston place is sick went through humidity in new orleans yes into florida we did one at uh, the border in tampa florida yeah awesome ryan clements yeah yep. ryan and rob and then hell yeah rob what up Came around to MIA, up to the block. Salago, Peterson, sick. And then, so Peterson at the block in um, Jacksonville, and then built another small library at Ruin in Atlanta. Oh, we're going there on an all-in-e trip. Awesome. Sick. Yeah, Ian's great. Ben, ben Hayes, too. We give him some awards down there. Cool. That's right. And, I'm leaving some magazines here. Dave's going to build a shelf oh, here. Oh, you spoke with him? Yeah. That's good. That's and good. So we'll probably need your help to kind of help facilitate that once the shelves are up. I'm here Wednesday, so yeah. I can do whatever needs to be done. <laughs> Look forward to your librarian duties. I'm psyched on that. That's awesome. And actually, while we're on it, Chris Trembley hooked, us, hooked you up with some big brothers. I was like, he just opened his trunk, and he's like, I was like, what do you got? Anything good? And he's like, well, they're big brothers, so they're all good. <laughs> yeah, Chris Trembley. Through Dan Pencil tagged me in a post when Chris was having to get rid of a bunch of magazines at his house in New Hampshire. Yeah. And then I saw Dan in Bethlehem not too long ago. PA. Yeah, yeah. at home base. And oh, Andy Poe. What up? Right. Yeah. And Dan was like, did you get a hold of Chris? And I'm like, no, he never hit me back. And he gave me a cell. And Chris said... You know, if you can make it up to Dover, New Hampshire, I still have some big brothers I'd like to give you. Chris is a mad genius. It's like he's so sporadic, but, like, if you can get him, it's a glimpse of, like, genius, pure genius. Yeah. So (laughs) another, getting Chris's donation is another big part of why I'm out here on the East Coast is because 
a lot of people want to donate to us, but freight, you know, shipping magazines, because they're so heavy, is quite cost prohibitive. So the idea in setting up this exhibit at the 60 different shops around the country where I'm going is to also use it as a repository for people to be able to funnel magazine donations to so that I can pick them up while I'm here. Sick. And then the idea was so that I don't get too bogged down in the van that I am able to take donations from the last couple of cities compile those while on the road and turn them into a library at a stop down the road. Which is awesome because as you can see there's these young dudes here and the fact that you had like the covers with myself and with Zaren and Westgate and local people like those young dudes they don't even know about the history of the magazine like you were picking their brains and these dudes are the guys that are here all the time loving skateboarding and they know me but they don't know like I never broke out a magazine and all the stuff, and it, it was cool because as we were showing them, it was cool to be like, oh yeah, we there's like tours and like all the stuff that like kids might not even think about nowadays because they're just on Instagram watching 15, 30 second videos. All right, and that was a good example just to Nostalgia. see that those kids at that age group don't really look at magazines anymore, and that's, yeah. that's a big shift in the way um, skateboarding information is relayed to kids nowadays, you know, for... For me, 20, 25, 30 years ago, the magazine was my lifeline to to information about skateboarding, and that's not the case anymore, but I still feel like it's a viable means, and there's just so much sk skateboarding history embedded in all those magazines that it's my I've, I've taken it on kind of as my job to be a skateboard magazine preservation society, essentially. That's, that's kind of why I wanted to ask you, do you feel crazy at all? Because <laughs> well, you find value in this thing that we all, like, it's literally those magazines I was looking at, like, that's my life. Like, that brought back all the tours and all the, like, that interview in the skateboard mag, I talk about my family issues, like, there's, like, like, when I was looking at and then all my homies are on that, so, like... That was crazy for me, you know, like to see it all at the skate park and be able to share it to those little cool little dudes is really cool, you know. Yeah, and I've ex I've experienced that kind of reaction quite a bit so far on this tour, where, you know, guys' eyes just light up and they're like automatically transformed right back to. Sorry, we're just podcasting right now. Are you live? Yeah, oh. live at the skater at, at the edge. Oh, <laughs> live at the edge podcast. All right, that's nice. Are you Kevin? Hi, Carol. Yeah. Hi. Nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, this is Kevin. We're just gonna do a podcast and then we'll be back after. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we cut out real quick, but we're back and we're talking about like the nostalgia of like you stopping at these places and people seeing these magazines and like you've seen that reaction over and over. Yeah, the reaction's very visceral. Where it. it transforms somebody back in time they'll see a cover that they had as a child or as a teenager and you automatically kind of go back to that point in your life and you re recall you know how how often you were looking through that magazine and oh on page 32 there's a Gons photo and the caption reads like this and yeah you know like a lot of us really memorized lots and lots and lots of pieces of those magazines and every every one out there i haven't even looked at them all but i remember every single one of those like i'm gonna flip through and be surprised again but i remember the covers and as i'm looking through i'm like oh yeah oh yeah it just like comes right back it's yeah. insane you'll remember which one you had on a certain road trip and we're reading it's <laughs> like it's and, crazy yeah and see i learned so much about skateboarding about traveling about different scenes about getting along with people all through reading magazines you yeah know? and and it encouraged me to get on the road and get out of my small town and explore this country you know yeah which is amazing because especially talking about nowadays when everyone's on their phone and you're almost just like you almost got to be like look go outside it's sunny you know like because it's so it's like dopamine serving like right away you know what i mean <laughs> it's a good and bad thing i don't like i don't want to make this a technology versus print thing although i was just in new bedford and there was a store it's the magazine store and it's out of business i wanted to take a selfie in front of it because it's kind of ironic it's a little ironic that we're podcasting because it's like a different form of media yeah. but but seriously to go back and think about that like that's people's lives captured and not just the skater but like the writers the photographers like the team managers like the whole collective skateboarding was all about producing these magazines and advertising and all the art would be in there so artists are in part of that like 
it's it's our whole industry collect collection. That's why I said, do you feel crazy? Because people think I'm oh, crazy to want to be a pro skateboarder, but you're going around collecting all the preserving. I think is a better word. Yeah, <laughs> archiving. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't feel crazy too often. I, I kind of really get into the the organization and uh, just the the kind of mindset you have to have to be able to keep this stuff organized and um, and just the kind of the juice you get when you find some when you finally get a donation that has a magazine you've been looking for and, yeah and you know it's like there it is okay <laughs> do you have a do you have a top three of magazines that you personally for you that you're like these are the ones that I'm very happy that I've collected um, well on the broader scope I was like my as far as the brand of the magazines I was super into Power Edge as a kid what's and the history of Power Edge I remember it but I don't think it was very it only ran for about 36 issues from 88 to 91 alright and it it was kind of I, I look at it as kind of a precursor to slap where it it, it kind of took the middle road and just really had a, a fun uh, perspective on skateboarding not necessarily like the, the gnarliest tricks but it yeah. was creative photograph photographs and and it, it gave uh, lesser-known guys a chance to get in the magazine. And That's then, awesome. And then, but that, that only lasted three years. And then in '92, uh, Slap started. It was a, kind of a subsidiary of Thrasher magazine, and um, that ran till 2008. And that was that was my favorite magazine for that time period. And so, how many of the Power Edges have you do you have? I don't have a full set yet, but we're getting close. We've definitely gotten some on this trip and donations. And uh, Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. How do you connect with people? Do you use the new technology to connect about the old technology? Yeah, yeah for sure. Have to. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, you know, so through Chris Tremblay, we got that donation through essentially linking up through Instagram. Oh, and sick. that's probably our primary way to reach out to interested parties. Uh, we have a website and uh, a YouTube channel, so uh, you know those are. There's ways to connect. Yeah. And so if someone was sitting on a heavy collection, they could go to your website, and there's a way to contact you guys. Yep. Sick. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and we're always looking for that next next donation and. Depending on how large it is, we'll figure out a way to either get it shipped to us or to have that person deliver it to the closest library in their area so that it could um, fill in holes in a library that's already kind of in your neck of the woods. Sick. In a person's neck of the woods. So. so what's the ultimate goal with this? Is like you just had this... <laughs> It's not that well thought out yet. Um, <laughs> but the, the idea is to continually build more thorough libraries at locations that have the interest in housing them and sharing that that wealth of knowledge so um, you know and I say the word library a lot but it's more like a reading room yeah. because these items aren't really there's no checkout system you can't take them home yeah. but you're you're welcome to read them and uh, absorb them while you're at the location where the library is housed so um, you know, for for us in San Diego, where our, my home base is, is I'd like to at some point be able to afford, or at least partner with another nonprofit that could have some space for us to house it in a, or you know, have house our one of our primary libraries, which is essentially my collection in San Diego, um, to house that somewhere that's you know, in downtown at, uh, that has space and we can do cool shelves and people can, you know, it can be staffed by volunteers and then people yeah. are able, you know, know our office hours and can come in and look at magazines and do research if they're writing a uh, dissertation, a thesis. And, uh, um, you know, because there's, there's just a, a wealth of knowledge there. And Well, you could, like, flip through those magazines and you can see some of the, like, like entrepreneurs, like like we were just looking at Huff on the cover mm -hmm. of Slap, I believe it was, right? And we told those kids, he's like, this dude started a shoe brand. Like he's like, like so, it's amazing to have that. And if you had like an official library where people could come in and see this like Hall of Fame or like, yeah, it's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah. So on this tour, what I every night I set up the exhibit 
it's different yeah. because I had I brought I did a lot of pre-planning or, where I brought certain crates with me with magazine covers from guys in certain regions so like specific to that region yes tonight we have Donnie Barley Brian Anderson uh, Westgate you know guys from Boston in this general area New England salad right so <laughs> but New York was a lot different Florida was a lot different there was a whole there was like 18 Andrew Reynolds covers you know and <laughs> And San Diego was obviously different, and so every night it's it varies, and I, I try to focus on the local talent from that area that have had covers. What about Kansas? What Kansas is going to be a little thin. But are there, is there any <clears throat> pros from Kansas? Sure, Dennis Buzinitz and Sean Malto. Re- oh yeah, that's right, Malto for sure. I didn't know Buzinitz was from there. Yep, no shit. He grew up in Newton, Kansas, right outside of Wichita. Whoa, no shit. Yeah, that's and, cool. And so. Yeah, he just had a new cover, so... Yeah, that was gnarly. That. Yeah. So sick. I saw that. I got super high. What magazine yeah. was that? The New Thrasher. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. That's right. So, so in regions like Kansas where there's not that m- many pros from the area, then I'll have Sean and Dennis in the center, and then Clint Walker and Nuge, the guys from Oklahoma, and... Clint Peterson from, you know... From, Mimi and Steve Nesser. Yeah, the guys uh, that are kind of in the Midwest region. Emmerich Pratt. Yeah, I don't know if Emmerich had a cover, but... I don't know, but he's on there for sure somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if, if... Tonight is a heavy load from this area. You know, it's not always like that, where if, if I don't have that many covers from that state, then I'll fill it in with Lance Mountain, Cab... Basoy. Classics. Yeah, Cardiel, Gons, you know, stuff that everybody wants to see the, their old covers, so. Have you have you partnered with any of the current magazines that are still going? Because it seems like it would be in their benefit to, like, want to preserve their history in, in print form because they spent so much effort and time and you think they'd want to, like... Right, and I have relationships with all the magazines now and, and I'm hoping to grow those, you know, because essentially what I'm doing is promoting print yeah <laughs> and uh, well you're you're also preserving more importantly i right, think because right. even if print's gone those things just add more value in my eyes like that's literally all the efforts collected into print you know right and the, the magazines that are still in existence don't necessarily have the best archiving system so all the major magazines that are still out there don't have all their old catalog of magazines. Yeah, so, okay, I see what you're saying. So yeah, there needs it's a, there's a need that needs to be filled. <laughs> yeah. Like someone could collect them all and gather them and preserve them. Right, and, yeah. and at, at some point, I'm going to be able to find some magazines that Transworld needs and the skateboard mag needs to, you know, like just uh, in December, I happened to be at the skateboard mag and the retail lady there, Diane, was like, man... We need an issue number 12 with Terry Kennedy on the cover. That's the <laughs> only one that Matt Price doesn't have. Pricey I, hot. What up? <laughs> and that, I had one. Oh, that's you genius. Know, so. <laughs> You're the man to find at that moment. They're like, there's a one crazy guy out there. He's in Kansas somewhere. Find him. <laughs> He's in the band. <laughs> you know, so in addition to building libraries, we offer services of, of headhunting magazines. So I'll work with private collectors like Paul Schmidt, Jamie Thomas, um, a handful of Mike Burnett, um, Greg Schmidt, or Greg Smith up at Thrasher. You know, there's certain guys that, um, as they're seeking to fulfill their either their Thrasher collection or their Transworld collection or whatever it might be, you know, they can spend a lot of time on eBay trying to track these down, or they can just send me a list, and I can kind of be uh, a, a spoke in the wheel of trying to find scavenger hunt almost. Yeah, so that's um, sick. That's a good way to work together. It's really awesome because yeah. if they want to preserve their history, you're already out there, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and I and I have quite a quite a few resources of, of old, you know, deep deep pockets as far as old, uh, doubles and triples and whatnot. Of how many? Issues. Okay, so how many magazines do you think you have? Mm. If you had to put a number on it. Back at our office, it'd be, yeah, I don't know, several, I don't know, seven, eight, ten thousand. Really? That many magazines? Do you just store them? Like, how do you store these Milk crates are mainly, is how I store them. Okay. Especially for travel, is in milk crates, and then we have a a lot of shelving at at our house. So So let's let's break this down. Like, when you got here today, you pulled up in your van, you broke out, because I saw you set up a whole thing. Give me the rundown of what you do for each spot. Well, like I said, I, I brought... 
crate specific for each region, and those kind of get fine-tuned because there's some 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 rollover. Um, but like tonight, I I had two crates that I needed to pull in that would have my Rhode Island, my Massachusetts, some New York, some uh, Boston, Connecticut. I see yeah. some Connecticut with BA yeah. and Downey. And so um, I pull those crates. I have to pull out my three panels that come together to be the canvas that those 75 magazines will stand on for the evening yeah it was nice when i walked in i was like whoa and then when i actually saw what each cover was that's when it was like so overwhelming i'm like holy shit so i try to hit you with a big wall of magazines when you first come into the venue and and then it's up to the person to take it all in you know so when you leave a library like when you establish a library like Uh how do you go about do you actually build the stuff there like do you build them up build them a wall for this or how do you i can like it ruined we did there was just some some cubbies close to the workbench there that we just took took whatever was merchant some pads or whatever he'd merchandise in that those two little cubbies and then filled that with magazines and at the border we had and at Southside they just got a, a small ikea like record shelf yep that's like eight cubicles deep Sick. And that can that can hold I don't know five hundred magazines or in so. In those lo- in those locations, they're like down to like watch over those and make sure no one's taking them. They're in a safe spot at this spot. It's a library. Well, because uh, I would like, bo- I want some of those, but I'm not going to take them. Yeah. <laughs> Each situation is different. Some like at Ruin, it's right out in the open and there's not much supervision. But at the border and at Skate Lab, you kind of they're in they're not in the retail space at those locations so you have to on our website there's an email contacts for those those libraries where you'd have to set up an appointment to be able to get in to see the library and um you know and that's that's laid out on our website at lookbacklibrary.org where you can see where our libraries are and which ones have immediate access depending on when the business is open and then other the other libraries are yeah, you know, by appointment only. Yeah. And okay. So, I, so I'm gonna switch modes a little bit here. So, have you ever done anything else like this? Well, like, cause what? What I guess what I'm trying to get at is like this is super unconventional. How old are you? Yeah, <laughs> Forty-four. And, I mean, no, I, I like to me, it's awesome because I know what you're doing, you know. Mm. But to the average person looking at you, and you seem like a pretty happy, fulfilled person. Like, so, have you ever done anything else like this, or is this your first big adventure? Like, I'm just gonna do this. Like, get a van, go after what I'm psyched on. Like, it's kind of a different choice. Most people have to get jobs and like. Yeah, I've run I've run skateboard related businesses over the years, and I think we touched on it a little bit before. Yeah, I was yeah. a DVD distributor, so I mean that that's there's some overlap there as far as trying to stock every DVD title that's available. So. You know, I kind of have that anal retentive gene that that I like to have everything if it's available. Yeah, it um, <laughs> that comes in handy in the in this magazine line of line of work. And is uh, it only specific to skateboarding, or is there other things that you're just like? Yeah, well, I'm not I'm not a big material person, and it's like I I collect I started collecting magazines right out of the gate from when I found skateboarding in 1986. So. That's been my only thing I've really ever collected. There have been a handful of boards that I hold on to, but I'm not a stamp collector. I'm not a coin collector. I, I, you know, when I started living essentially three quarters of the year out of the van, I really had to do a big decluttering of my life. Yeah. And uh, which is let probably go felt a lot good. Of thing. Oh yeah, it's very very uh, freeing. But now I just. Uh, focus on the magazines and I I don't know it's like yeah it's just kind of like my new project and yeah um, 
fulfilling. Yeah, that's awesome. It's because like a lot of people feel pressure to just get like a normal nine to five and like put childish things away and whatnot. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like magazines. It's like you can compare it to comic books or whatever. You could. Which I love animation and art and photography and like. It's cool that you're down to try to preserve that. I, I don't know. I love all this shit. I'm very thankful. So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, that's why I said, too, like our, if people think you're crazy, because most people, if it's something that deviates the norm, they label it crazy because it's kind of scary. You're like, that person yeah. could live and be content with just so like well, that, you know? Like, See, there's certain ways to diffuse that. It's like most... If you meet somebody randomly on the street and they're like, oh, what do you do? It's easy just to say, oh, I'm in nonprofit work. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you don't have to go Details. into exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just ask because I say all I need, you know? Like, I love skateboarding that much. Like, I literally, like, that's really, I mean, I, there's other things I need, but that's something that just really brings joy. And that, to a lot of people, they're like, that's it? Like, and I'm like 33. I'm like, yeah, but that's like, I'm happy with this. Like, if I can be involved in it, like, it's awesome. Like, it's cra- It seems crazy to them, which is funny. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and that, that's that's all. That's such a big matter of perspective. Is how much is enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's different for everyone, and not everybody that has large needs can understand people that have smaller needs. Modest, you know, modest, modest needs. Yeah, like I agree. Well, it's a it's a focus change. I feel like we need to have anyways, like not to get like all pedestal, but like in our country because we were like we still are the most powerful country in the world with the biggest military and like prosperous nation. If you even everyone's in a recession, you know, like if America's in a recession, everyone's in a recession. So like when you when you have a bunch of people that grow up in a prosperous nation, then it's like people did hit these crazy extreme heights, you know, like the bankers and the prosperity hit. And then it's like a downsizing and understanding, you know, trying to figure out like, okay, we overmarketed everything. It's all about numbers and profit. Like, let's, it's not fulfilling. Let's try to like reroute and find different ways, you know. I think that's what people are trying to do nowadays, I believe. Yeah, so I just consider myself lucky that, you know, I had time to focus on myself and and I got involved with launch and that kind of led me to this project of working on their magazines which then in turn kind of made me realize how much I enjoyed the partnerships that I was developing because I got to work with other skate shop owners and I got to work with other people that shared this same passion yeah you know and that appreciate what I'm doing and so um yeah, so it just it feels very organic and, and transition from you know starting it and to the point where I am now, and I don't have you know I don't have major goals for it. I don't I can't tell you where I'm going to be in three years or five <laughs> years, but I can tell you that the mag- the libraries I'm working with now will be pretty darn thorough. You know, each year that goes by and the reaction I've gotten from people that have come to the exhibit is all very positive you know the people at the magazines the lady uh, at Juice is super psyched you know, most of the magazines have been very helpful in getting me back issues when there are back issues available to help stock certain libraries and and you know they understand the value in what I'm doing and uh, and yeah I just look forward to making more and more partnerships as uh, we grow and um, here, here's a question. Here's a question. So, van life. Because you're just in the van. Are you getting hotels or are you literally just sleeping in the van? Because I'm, I'm frugal and I would probably just make my van comfy as hell. Yeah, well, it's not comfy as hell, but it's it's fine. You need some throw pillows and like soft pillows and like that thing too. <laughs> no, but so, van life. What about showering, bathroom stuff? Like, are you just wherever you stop, you just, they'll let you, like, here. Like, you can't, sh- what are you doing for showers and stuff? Uh, I got a shower, Donnie's outdoor shower the other day. Oh, sick. <laughs> built an outdoor shower. I swim a Donnie lot. Donnie Barley, Donnie Barley, he hooked you up, he let you use the outdoor shower? That's great. Here, Donnie is the man, right? <laughs> He's really improving his house over there. Yeah. I saw that you were eating, he made you dinner. I saw that, that was sick, right? I, was that on Snapchat? Or Instagram? Instagram, yeah. Donnie's the man. He cooked for me when I was there, too. He's <laughs> that's that's a perk of the job, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the things I value the most in, in van life is I don't, you know, I don't have access to cooking, so if, if 
and I eat, you know, I eat at natural grocery stores a lot and a few restaurants that I can go to. And um, but yeah, getting a home cooked meal is uh, top notch. Huh? Is there is there ever a day where you're just in the van? And you're like, I'm gonna go get that boring fucking job and make whatever it is. Oh, no. Is there any days where you're just having a bad day where you're just like? Like just you're just thinking about working at AutoZone or something like for stability. Do you ever crave stability? No, I have stability in the numbers and collecting and the preserving the magazines. Maybe no, I have some other things that I mean I'm I'm stable. Yeah, <laughs> like I just mean day to day. Like because some people can't do it. There's a majority of people that just are scared and they like follow what people tell them to do and get a job and like. Yeah, no that 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 fear left quite quickly the first year in, in, in uh, 2011 when I first uh, rented out the, my room in my house and was like, okay, I'm committing to this. Full decision. I mean, I bought the van, I rented out my room in my house, and it was like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this. It's a and leap. That's a leap. That was the leap. And at that point, I had fears of like, man, am I going to be wanting, am I going to get homesick in three weeks? Am I going to want to come home? And living life on the road is fabulous for myself. I entertained a lot when I first moved to San Diego in 1995. And, uh, you know, as people get older, they get married, they have kids, they don't travel as much. So in the last 10, 15 years, I noticed I don't entertain that much, you know? Yeah. All my, all my friends either have moved away from San Diego or they're in different parts of the country and so I just I spend most of my year going around visiting those people that's awesome and and I can spend three weeks with this guy or a month with that person or two weeks you know kind of depending on how long they'll want to have me or what's going on in their life I'll help them build a fence I'll <laughs> that's it. you know like <laughs> It's funny because all my friends are having kids and I'm slowly not seeing them as much and it makes me mad. We like have to find reasons to meet up, you know? I'm like, come on, what the hell? <laughs> I'm not, I haven't had any children and me and my lady aren't talking about having children. So We have dogs though. That's like kind It's of, a big responsibility. Yeah, definitely, but we could take them with us. We have small dogs. Okay. <laughs> any pets for you? No. No? Nope. A lot of people are like, you know, you should get a small dog and travel with a dog and... I'm all about animals, but I'm not about uh, ownership. Yeah. So, like, I see animals on the road. I just got to hang out with Ruger here. I got to have some good dog time with Ruger. He's the man. And, uh, yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, you can't go to certain national parks. You can't. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I mean, it's just a, a, it, it reduces spontaneity. Oh, I gotta go let the dog out, or I, so yeah. I know all about that. I have to fucking wake up at three o'clock in the morning every night because my dog Amber has to eat grass. <laughs> so I, that's why I'm always half asleep. You see me, and I, if you do, that's why. Yeah. So I, I get my animal fixed through other people's animals, and people uh, are always gonna own animals. That's how I look at kids. As fucked up as that sounds, but I know other people are gonna be producing kids, and if I, I can be a great uncle. I actually am a great uncle. They tell me all the time. <laughs> I'm a decent uncle. But, uh, I'm literally and figuratively, figuratively a great uncle as well. That's <laughs> Both. <laughs> okay, do you... All right, here's another question. Because you're out living the American dream or your version of it. You're, ha- you're doing what you want. You're doing what you want. You're furry free and you're traveling. Gas prices is doing all right for you? They are better in the Midwest, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Do you vote? $2. That's what I wanted to ask. Are you political? Do you vote? Are you going to vote? I'm very political. I am very uh, disenfranchised with our options. Yeah. That's um, what, the lesser of two evils is not a choice. Yeah. So I'm more about voting with my dollar. Yeah. And... Um, well, we talked about that last time because you're... Are you... Are you vegan? I am vegan. Yeah, yeah. so you're voting in your you're voting with your dollar in that sense, right? And you know, I have to buy. I do buy gas, and I have guilt about that. But uh, you do. Oh yeah. I'm just. I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but you do. I don't mean many people that have too much guilt about buying gas. Usually, like, I have twenty bucks. That twenty bucks, can, I can get gas with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
no, that, that's that, that's the biggest downside to van life is that you are born burning petroleum routinely more so than the average person. But I met a guy the first few weeks, actually the first week I was living on the road yes. in the desert. This guy Dakota, already <laughs> <had> awesome. <laughs> Dakota had been living in his van since 1980, and this Sick. was in 2011. Sick. And he can have like he has like storage capacity for seventy gallons of water. He he pilots one of those uh, ultralights. Oh shit! So he's a, he flies. He lives free in the desert. Wait, ultralight? It has wings and it flies. What, what or, is it? No, it's maybe it's the the just a parachute that has the propeller on the back. And okay. Yep. Fly that way. So oh, like, those are badass. But he he was I was telling him about my petroleum guilt, and he's like, you know, Kevin. <laughs> If you were living in your house, you'd be, you'd have an energy bill. You'd have natural gas. You'd be using. You would be using electricity. Yep. And and water. And and if people look at how much they spend in those utilities every month, and when you're in your van, you have some automobile maintenance, and you have your gas bill. Yeah. And if you, you know, so. I started to look at things differently and gradually started to be less guilty because I knew I wasn't contributing to natural gas use. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you can get you real ra- deep in this because, like... You've rationalized it enough rationalized that your guilt enough. has dissipated. But, you know, I explore... Today, I rode my bike all over um, Taunton here. I thought that was so cool when I pulled up and I saw the bike strapped to the front of the... Is it the front or the back? It's the front right now, but it sits inside when I travel. I was like that you... just lock it up out there. Yeah, I was like that you had a lock because, like, Taunton's not <laughs> the worst place, but it's definitely, a, like, a little city, you know, so <laughs> yeah, you sure. never know. <laughs> yeah, my MO... I always travel with my bicycle and my skateboards, and I try to explore. You know, I try to get to one central location where I can park the van and sleep, and then do my exploring. I've got the little skateboard rack that I can attach to my back of my bike, and and go that way. So, forgive me if we talked about this last time, but what makes you so conscious? Like, what makes you concerned? Like, why do you have guilt about the gas? Like, why do you care about? You're preserving magazines, so are you trying to, like, about the world, you know? Like, I get that it's probably common sense, but, like, what made you think like that? Because most people grow up consuming, and, like, there's a lot of people that are... the. the I don't know, I don't want to say the majority, because I'm trying to be optimistic, but, like, a lot of people, like, don't even think of this way, you know? I know it's there's been a shift, but, like, for you personally... For me personally, a, a lot of it stems from my choice to be a vegan, and the education that comes along with that, and... Why was the vegan? Why is the choice of vegan strictly for animals? No, it was a combination of three things. It's to prevent animal abuse and to hopefully eat a healthier diet, uh, lower on the food chain, and then you're also stemming off all kinds of environmental degradation that's that's associated with animal agriculture. Yeah. So. When you start looking at all the downsides or the negative externalities associated with animal agriculture, you start to get into the realms of just how bad capitalism is and consumerism is for the environment, yeah. where you're just always extracting natural resources to, buy, to make more and more things for people to buy and then break and buy new things. And, and so, you know, transportation costs for shipping things from Brazil, agriculture grown in Brazil, to ship it here to feed animals, and I don't know, it's just, it's... Do we need it? Do we need it, though? Is there an extreme um, on both ends? Like, do we need, like, a balance in between the two, or, like... Well... Because there are some people that live, like, you're not living, like, an, quite, like, an Amish person, or, like, electricity, like, is there an extreme, I'm guessing? Well, living off the grid would be the extreme, where you don't... Where you have your solar panels and... Uh, do you think consumerism and consumption, like, are we just consuming to make something? Like, what do you, where's your theory with this, like? Well, it's Because we wouldn't have all this technology and shit without, like, consumption, or would we? Like, I'm, I'm, no, I don't really have no, an answer, I, I'm just asking. I don't think we dip- would have the degree of technology we had if we weren't such a consumer-driven society, but is that a bad thing? You know, that's, again, it gets to the question of how much is enough. Do you think? Do you think the world 
Hi. I have to go. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me pause it real quick. All right. We had to take a quick break because Carol came in. We were talking about consumption and consumerism. And um, Carol owns the Edge Indoor Park, and she's awesome. If you yeah. can't tell, she's like the ultimate mother. Like, you know what I mean? That's <laughs> I don't know that lady. She's awesome. Um, I could go on and on about consumption and consumerism yeah. and, and capitalism, but. I guess what's important here is that one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and preserving this history is oftentimes, like I, I, as I go to each skate shop, I ask them, you know, do you have any old magazines? Oftentimes I'm fishing, trying to figure out if any of their old customers have ever left a big collection of magazines with the shop. Because if anybody's moving across country and they can't take their mags, the first place they go to to try to hand them off to somebody is the local shop. Makes and, sense. And all too often, those magazines end up in the landfill. Yeah. You know, and as a, as a skateboard magazine collector, that like oh, makes me cringe. But also, just knowing that that stuff that a either could have been recycled, maybe it got recycled, maybe it didn't, but it should still be available to people to to look at and to cherish so yeah i look at part of what i'm doing as a way to stem our growing and filling landfills and to keep stuff in circulation to continually reuse these wonderful magazines that i see as resources and as knowledge you know as a knowledge vessels so it's a rad way to to preserve it, but it's a rad way to reuse as well and keep it in there. And it's a rad way that all the hard work of people that put that together and that built all that stuff built careers of everyone we love today. So yeah. So I I always need people to be looking out for magazines for me. Yeah. Perfect. You know, whether it be shop owners that might have a customer bring in a bunch, whether it's guys that are trolling on eBay and see lots of magazines that are or you're on Craigslist, you know, somebody's just getting rid of magazines, you know, if the, the more eyes I have out there kind of helping watch for magazines and can help filter them back my way or to any of our existing libraries, you know, all, all that is, all those helping hands are needed. And, um, and I'm also needing help in, you know, ta I'm taking suggestions on where to build my libraries. next libraries, you yeah. know, like, I'm in, here. We are in Massachusetts today, and I'm over way overstocked on magazines in the van right now. I left quite a few here, but I'm hoping to build one up at Talent Skate Park in Vermont. Vermont, yeah. But uh, is that Hannah? Yeah. Hannah, uh, yeah, Vermont, yeah. David. So yeah, Hannah. Um, but you know, it, it kind of takes a special partnership. It's not every. Not most shops don't have room for it. Yeah. So skate parks are usually a, be a better bet, but again. If they don't really have the interest in history and maybe they don't quite figure they have the space for it or whatever, it, it, you know, it's got to be somewhere that they really want to do it. So, and that's kind of hard to find a good partner. So, I'm always open to suggestions as far as uh, a place. And then, you know, now there's more and more nonprofits uh, that are skateboard centered out there that, you know, Launch is a great example of uh, an excellent place for a big library yeah. you know they have an indoor ramp at their creative center and whenever that's open you can go in there and look at the magazines and so try, trying to find more opportunities like that, that that could house a big library so maybe this is a good spot to stop and kind of uh, plug the social media stuff that you guys have going on yeah instagram is at lookbacklibrary our website is lookbacklibrary.org and yeah, those are the primary channels right now. We have a Facebook with Look Back Library. Didn't see too much traffic, so. Um, but yeah, you can get get my phone number and my address uh, off of the website. So, um, reach out to me. You know? Yeah, definitely. And, and and it's like a lot of people are concerned about. Well, how old do the magazines have to be? Is a question I get a lot of times. And and you know. You know, even just a year old magazines are are needed to help stock smaller libraries. So yeah, um, 
obviously, you know, the older it is, the the more the more needed it'll be for our libraries. But you know, we're always and people ask me, well, what issues do you need? And yeah, I, I, I keep lists of what's needed at the 20 different libraries we work with, but essentially we need everything because we're always stocking or stockpiling magazines to be able to go to that 21st library and the 22nd library. To so, continue the growth. Yeah, yeah and, and to be able to um, help private collectors with, you know, issues that they might need. So, um do you think um, so? Any, anything and everything's needed. So we're, we're we've mainly been talking about magazines today, but self-published zines cool. are needed. Books, anything that's printed, skateboard related, I'm interested in. So oh, sick. international yeah. magazines are always harder harder to come by here in the states. So uh, any of your foreign listeners that uh, have piles of limited magazines in Germany or Sidewalk in England or whatever the mag is in Spain, like uh, Kingpin. Yeah. Um, Let's find a way. <laughs> yeah, find a way to get them across the pond here. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> that's awesome. I didn't even think about that. There's probably so much gold over there as well. Yeah, and that, that's the stuff that's really hard to, to get a hold of. And then, But then that gives you a portal to see what the skate scene is like in Spain or in Slovenia or wherever. Yeah, you know it might be so wherever people cared enough to publish and yeah. capture and take photos share. and publish. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I wanted to ask you because I know I said top three mag. Do you have any covers that specifically you're hyped on? Like anything that you're like is your favorite? Well, because I, I know you I said always, power, power. Right, right. I point to my first Thrasher. You know, is what kind of got me started on this path, and that was. Uh, September 86 uh, Thrasher with Mark Gonzalez on the cover. It's yellow. Um, he's doing some sort of foot plant at what looks like uh, the Miley Banks, but I think it's a different part of the Banks somewhere up there in Fort Miley. So um, that's kind of my favorite one. I've been seeing this Julian Stranger cover from uh, like 1995 where he's doing a backside lip slide on, a on an out ledge over some set of stairs where he's wearing these tan colored half cabs which are like my favorite color half cabs yes and then I was just showing Donnie the other night the Louis Barletta's cover his slap cover where he's doing uh, a fakey Ollie Airwalk down a double set oh I remember gnarly blowing my mind yeah it's not even possible yeah so that those stick out in my mind as some of my favorites yeah uh Louis is the man too. I actually I went on a trip to Portugal and there's a magazine out there somewhere with that article. Chris Naranco gathered a bunch of Portuguese people and took them to Portugal. And uh, Louis was on that trip. Actually, Todd Jordan was on a trip too. He wasn't even he's not even Portuguese. He just lied. He just bullshit his way. <laughs> but um, yeah, Louis was so cool. He was one of those dudes that I was just like. Obviously, you love his skating, and, like, he's outgoing and just different. Creative. You know? yeah. Creative, yeah. And uh, I was like, he's one of the people that I was like, I want to meet, and, like, I think he'll be epic to match his skating. And he did. He didn't. He was just, like, classic individual. And I was like, it made me love his skating that much more. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, fuck, dude. I think that's it. I think we said it all. Anything else? Um, so, yeah, if you go to our website, there's an events page on our website, and you can see... Because I'm still out on the road until December. Sick. We're doing... I'm coming up to Vermont, then around through the, the Great Lakes, down through Chicago to Kansas and Colorado, and then back up through the northwest as far... We're going to do one Canadian show at Antisocial. Right. And Is that Rick McCrank's spot? Yeah. Sick. And in September, October. Uh, and so just go to our website and... The dates that are set are set, and the, the ones in the, to the northwest aren't all, the dates aren't all finalized yet, but those will be in September, October, November. You got time to stretch, figure it out. Yeah.